welcome to episode number 166 of the Canadian Prepper Podcast. We're recording June the 19th, 2022. My name's Eric, back from the furry convention slash Dungeons and Dragons game and uh, host of the show, for those of you who have forgotten. Based in Southern Ontario, hunter, target shooter, professional diaper changer, and ham radio operator. Uh, as a first responder, witnessed an over-reliance on emergency services during major events, started a small preparedness company to help people better prepare for at least 72 hours, if not longer. Well, I'm glad to hear that your campaign of, of D&D there ended in time for the show. That's that's fantastic. It was it was good. It was a good yeah. run. But I had well, to come back and say hello. Fair enough. Well, who am I talking? I was talking about Arwen on the Discord group today, so there you go. Anyway, <laughs> uh, my name is Ian. I am a wannabe hermit fueled by caffeine and an impending sense of doom on Vancouver Island. And I'm Alan. I'm a safety trainer, first responder, security expert, and overall safety nerd. I'm Scott, a first responder from Ontario, an amateur diaper changer. I like learning things, and I worry about our fragile infrastructure. And I'm Jeff. I'm based in central Ontario. I'm a target shooter, ham radio operator, general overall handyman, and weather nerd. And I'm Brad. I'm in eastern Ontario. consider myself a part-time amateur prepper, constantly trying to better myself. And if you... Uh, Want to help support the show and keep the Canadian Prepper Podcast on the air? Buy some swag. We have both the Canadian Prepper Podcast t-shirt, as you can well see, and the uh, Tactical Velcro patch. You can get them both at www.prepperpodcast.ca. All proceeds help keep the lights on and the backup generator fueled. If you're enjoying the show, please take a few minutes and like us on Facebook and submit a review on iTunes. We want your feedback, good, bad, otherwise. Or if there's just a topic you want us to cover, you can email us at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. All right, so we've got some righteous content for you in this episode. I'm going to start off with some recent news articles. We'll update you on our personal preps. Uh, and then we're going to get into the main topic, ethics and uh, morality in prepping. So I'm sure it's going to be a good one. So let's move into the news, shall we? I put an article in this uh, particular link is from the Washington Post, um, submitted by my darling wife, who is uh, uh, had some excellent points about what could have been done differently here. Maybe uh, this was a, this article is about a traveler in uh, Death Valley, uh, which is California, New Mexico, somewhere in that area. I don't know in the desert there, uh, which is often referred to as the hottest place in the world, where it gets up over fifty degrees Celsius, or was that one hundred and 25 degrees Fahrenheit in the uh, in the summer. Uh, this particular gentleman ran out of gas in the national somewhere in the national park near a lookout, and was found about nine meters, which is about 30 feet from a highway, uh, where it is assumed that he left the vehicle in search of help um, and came up just short. This is uh, unfortunately the second death in about three weeks there. And overall, it's a real testament to planning for the worst and having a backup plan for when things go wrong. Um, so it looks like he didn't have, he didn't have a full tank of gas. His vehicle may have broken down. Uh, he didn't have any water, food. Nobody knew where he was, and nobody was looking for him for several days. Hmm. Uh, so it was, you should have uh, listened to us before going. Yeah, I mean, there's there there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of things that could have been done differently there that might have uh, might have changed the outcome. So that was um, um, a real uh, it's again one of those eye opening moments of what um, you know how how one one little oversight can cause uh, can cause a big problem. Yeah, it's really interesting because yeah, like no shelter, no water, no gas, no comms, 
yeah it's just hmm. kind of big no sense yeah. no, clearly not knowing where you are when you're gonna be yeah. back yeah kind of almost like he was darwining himself off on that one so that's and that's also possible. I mean, we we obviously will never, will likely never know. But um, he may have not wanted to be found. He may have not. He may have been uh, um, may have been, may have been doing that on purpose. Yeah, it, it could have been. We don't know. Um, and if that's the case, then he got exactly the outcome that he was looking for. But um, assuming that he wanted to be found, um, there are a few things that he could have done differently there that would have created a more positive outcome. Yeah. Well, speaking of negative outcomes, uh, the Freeport Natural Gas Terminal in Texas exploded last week. Um, at first, they said it was just a minor fire. They forgot to mention that 26 fire departments had to respond. So, well, yeah, that's that's a minor fire. Yeah, minor, big deal. Yeah. Turns out it's 20% uh, of natural gas exports for the United States. All the, uh, I guess, the methane-based natural gas versus the, I guess, the petroleum-based or whatever. I don't know. Anyway, long story short, uh, that was what they were planning on using to export natural gas to Europe to offset the Russian losses. So conveniently enough, they can no longer uh, export as much as they thought, if any, to uh, to Europe. So yeah, they said it's going to be offline until September. And uh, it was not a minor fire after all. It turns out after about a week of, of, of news clarifications on that. But anyways, I put a couple articles in the, in the show notes there. And then the other one, uh, interestingly enough, uh, more Canadian content here, the Freedom Convoy is returning perhaps on July 1st, which is going to coincide with James Topps, James Topps walk across uh, Canada. He should be arriving in Ottawa for July 1st as well. I think they're going to try and make it uh, kind of a joint celebratory session. Sounds like the Freedom Truckers are going to be based out of town and then kind of rotating in and out of downtown Ottawa to avoid the problems they had before. So, interesting. They gave lots of notice they're coming. So, <laughs> That's all of them. Didn't yeah, they last time too? And the media is already feeding the big lies. They're like, um, I, I heard the other day they they said, oh, that um, their complaint is that the government's communist, which they are, by the way. Uh, there's no lie to that. But um, is that a complaint know, or a made, declaration? They made, like, they made it seem like that was a bad thing, and you know, obviously that you know Trudeau's the greatest thing since sliced bread, and he would never do anything. You know, he had every justification for the Emergencies Act and the whole. BS crap and so yeah, it'll be interesting. They apparently somebody from the convoy said, "Yeah, we're again like February. Yeah, we're not leaving." So it'll be interesting to see what happens. <laughs> it will be interesting. Well, they can't get mm -hmm. close to Parliament anymore. They've blocked off Wellington Street. Yep. Well, so, I guess we'll we'll see what happens. It's funny because I think. Nice. Um, I think our glorious leader actually mis mis uh, timed his COVID di diagnosis because last time he got COVID when they were already there, not before they got there. So I don't know. Hmm. Anyway. Maybe it'll be double COVID. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it'll be monkeypox this time. <laughs> Mixed in with monkeypox, good call. Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, Melissa points out uh, you mispronounced the 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 best thing since Castro. Um, Anyway, speaking of which, happy Father's Day, because I know it's very confusing for a glorious day. So. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, oh, boy. <laughs> Said my piece. Carry on. Well, well, well played. Fantastic well played. timing, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I've got a news article here uh, in relation to uh, baby formula shortage and uh, the rise of rational uh, disaster preppers. So it's just it's an interesting article that talks about uh, the, the the shortage in formula that's happening right now and how it's kind of viewed a little bit differently than people stockpiling other things 
where they're running out to grab formula and stockpile that. Um, just like I said, it has a little bit of a it's different be, it's view. It's because than, babies are cute. That's why it's all of yeah, a sudden exactly. okay. Yeah, exactly. That, that's exactly it. The babies are cute and other things just not so much. But so it just kind of plays uh, plays on the, the view of how people look at things differently and how doing certain things has different out, outcomes and, and different views by the public. So that was a neat article to throw in there and kind of timely with the arrival of our little one as well. So mm-hmm. You don't want to make babies cute, right? So you don't kill them. So you don't eat them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like your yeah. <laughs> oh, I've got a, a couple here. I'll do them in backwards or whatever. So uh, I'm sure everybody's heard by now. Um, they had record rainfall slash snow melt uh, caused extreme flooding in Montana. Uh, specifically, uh, Yellowstone Park uh, is, I believe, still closed or possibly one of the entrances has the south entrance or west has opened, but the uh, north one they said is not going to open all year. It's washed out roads. Um, they've lost they lost buildings into the river. Um, so uh, that was just shows you. You know, you never know what's uh, what's going to come with the weather. On the total flip side to that, uh, the federal government has told the uh, states that draw water from the Colorado River that they need to voluntarily cut back on how much water they draw from the river or the feds will come in and do it for them. That doesn't so, sound terribly uh, voluntary. No. So it's is that basically a, is that a voluntold thing. It sounds like that's what it's about to become, but yeah, it, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting. I'm not sure how they can cut back or what they're supposed to cut back. What are they supposed to do? Tell everybody don't drink two liters of water a day now, only drink one. Or I think a lot of the places have already got um, cutbacks on watering your lawn and doing stuff like that. So, Well, like how far is it from Montana to the Colorado River? Can we just dig a trench and line them up and solve two problems? A couple, couple <laughs> hills in the way there, I think. But yeah, yeah. Um, it seems like a theoretical problem. Well, interestingly enough, there's three rivers in the United States that no longer hit the ocean at any given time, right? The, the, the Mississippi doesn't actually hit the ocean before it runs dry. Rio Grande and the Colorado now. So none of them are actually making it to the ocean. I guess the LA River now too. So they've already got water problems to begin with, but now they can't even feed the Hoover Dam, which is causing bigger problems because that's downstream from the, the dam they were talking about in this article. And so, yeah, they're going to have hydroelectric problems as well because they don't have enough water flow not to mention actually water usage problems and yeah it's definitely a long-term drought for them in the southwest corner of the states well lake mead that's behind the hoover dam yeah. is well below 50 percent of its nominal levels to the point where a lot of the water intakes for facilities are now above the shoreline uh, well, and that, they, do, they keep finding interesting things that uh, had been like underwater bodies. for a, yeah, <laughs> like bodies, bodies, for a long time. Yeah, bodies and barrels, oh, cars, and everything else. It actually hasn't been that low since they were first filling it. So wow. that's pretty telling. Anyway. <laughs> well, shall we Scott. move on to what we've done lately for preps? Uh, I had the opportunity to have some actual decent internet access, uh, so I took uh, took that opportunity and downloaded uh, the updated version of the full version of Wikipedia that I have sort of tucked away um, for what if, uh, and also took the opportunity to play uh, play with the chirp for my radios. Uh, so Thanks. that was kind of fun. Very nice. 
Brad. You're muted. There we go. <laughs> I uh, I did a little bit of fuel rotation, uh, some yard cleanup, and some uh, some home renos continue here. Our kitchen is 95% done, and our siding is 98% done. Then it's on to the, uh, the front and back deck. Um, got a call from the, the guy who I ordered one of those Amish sheds from, and the shed is sitting at his yard. I have to get ready for it to be delivered in two to possibly three weeks at most. He'd like to get it delivered as soon as possible. And Friday, I uh, met up with somebody I'd only met once or twice beforehand, but is local to me, and uh, got to talking about his job and my interests and they kind of align and uh, might be a possible new uh, local mag member for us nice. nice yeah excellent so well i just did some yard cleanup and uh just more firewood with all the storms and everything going on there's just no lack of firewood right now which by the way i'm not complaining about because someday it will be used very nice well, for myself, just getting into the groove of having uh, two little mini preppers running running around, or one just kind of laying around for now, not running, but uh, the other one certainly is. Uh, and while doing that, just kind of started locking down my digital trail a little bit tighter. I let things kind of lax for a while there. So starting from the beginning and going to go back through and clean things up and started locking down with uh, email and VPN. And if anybody wants to, to nerd out about that with me, uh, find me on the Discord at some point. Happy to, to share what I'm doing for that. And uh, I know it's weird, but no ham stuff at all. Strange. It's like what? I've been busy or something. Eric, are you okay? Yeah. Uh, did you catch rail. COVID? I got this weird twitch. Strange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's called withdrawal. <laughs> yeah, no way, Jeff, nothing, eh? That's mm-hmm. uh, for myself, just more wood stacking, much like Jeff there. Uh, yeah, stashing harder to do than I would think this year than normal because normally after about May long weekend, we have a nice big dry spell, but it's been raining pretty much every day. We've had one day of sunshine so far that got above 20 degrees. Unlike you guys out East, uh, we literally have not had a day above 20 other than that one. And so it's been raining pretty much constantly. So it's very hard to stack wood. Um, luckily I had a local, local listener meetup. So last week we had one of the listeners, uh, start messaging on the YouTube chat. And uh, turns out he was about less than an hour away, and he just happened to be in my area. So we ended up meeting up. So it was kind of cool, and a lot of stuff in common, and great guy overall. So that's kind of cool. Um, yeah, I guess from last winter's uh, snowstorms, I had a bunch of dead trees that were kind of like cut but left kind of hanging upright. So I had to kind of take care of all those still so they don't cause more problems down the road. Managed to only get the power line snagged once with a tree, which I think is pretty good for me. Well, do we? Power didn't go out. That's all I care. Um, well, that's good. Man. That's good. Yeah, that I didn't electric- to win. Yeah, I no. didn't electrocute myself even better. So, um, let's see here, I had some MC4 pliers for solar uh, panels show up uh, from AliExpress and got those uh, figured out. So, I'm gonna put those to work when I get back home on the road for work right now. Uh, and I met actually because Pierre went out of his way to go outside of his comfort zone and talk to a neighbor in his town. <laughs> I decided to meet two new neighbors to outdo him. Oh, so, whoa. yeah, yeah. I was actually really impressed with myself because I passed by these guys and give them the man nod or like, you know, the odd, you know, finger wave or whatever. Uh, but this time I actually made a point of stopping the truck and saying, hey, what's up? And nice people. So at least I, I know 
more than you said it just like that too didn't you pretty much yeah (laughs) since since they're in the in the boomer generation i would not start with what's up because i wouldn't get it so or what no they still wouldn't get it anyway uh and good news our a sales are up of course our production is down because of the bad weather and low light levels but naturally the egg sales are up have literally no eggs to spare right now which is very unusual for this time of year so that's uh, offsetting the increased cost of feed, which works out well. And that is pretty much it for me. So Tracy's apparently jealous of uh, and wanting to meet Ian. Um, Tracy, I've met Ian in person. Um, you're not missing much. Yeah, I've also met Ian in person. I can I can second that. Oh, come on, guys. This is hurtful. <laughs> Like uh, for myself, <laughs> uh, I put some uh, put some my power tools through uh, through their paces this weekend. I built a workbench. Um, I need to spend more time making things because it fills me with joy despite the frustration. Uh, I added a new power pack to my arsenal today. It's uh, fairly decently sized. I think it's forty thousand milliamp hours. Uh, but this one has a built-in solar panel, which I think is pretty cool. Ooh. And uh, so I'm uh, going to put that uh, put that to the test and see how it goes. And the continuing the rehab of my ankle. That's my uh, um, my big my big uh, accomplishment for this week. We did a little bit of garden tending, although I wasn't personally responsible for that. The uh, the family really helped with that. Moved uh, moved the firewood to its permanent uh, permanent staging place, and we've got like two or three more backyard projects to uh, to figure out in the next couple of weeks. So we'll be. Uh, um, We'll be uh, continuing with the with that, but our garden is starting to bloom and and take root, which is nice. Uh, I'm planning for the reality that uh, very soon I'll be doing a lot more traveling. Um, I'll be on a project that's going to keep me uh, keep me on the road for about a year, and so I've got some vehicle maintenance scheduled to uh, to reflect that reality. All right, that's about it for me. Awesome. Well, with that, shall we uh, move into the main topic? All right, I guess the uh, number one thing is why are we talking about this tonight? Uh, how does this fit into prepping? Uh, well, I guess sooner or later you're going to come across a situation that you might not uh, have thought about having to handle before. And sooner or later, most emergencies end. Most. Just thinking <laughs> Hurricane Katrina and such. Um, so, yeah, whatever you decide to do with certain situations, you may later have on have to explain your actions to, for example, law enforcement, your neighbors, more importantly, maybe your family or your wife, and explain why you did what you had to do and so on and so on. So we just like to talk to, I guess, the panel about a couple scenarios and uh, see where we take it from there. So are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. I just got out of here. We're ready to go. Nope. <laughs> All right. Uh, so warm-up questions. Uh, now let's just assume there's a long-term emergency of unspecified origin or duration. Um, I was watching Alone season one there back in the day, and they're sitting there in northern Vancouver Island, and these guys are sitting there how, wondering how they're going to eat, and they're like wasting away, and not a single one of them thought to like start hunting shellfish. I found out later on the reason being is that they didn't want to break the law because of hunting licenses and fishing licenses and Aboriginal rights and everything else. I'm like, yeah, I I, I can understand all those. I totally respect all those. But the thing is, at some point, you have to realize that maybe in certain situations, uh, if you were starving to death, uh, not having a license would be the least of your concerns. So just want your guys' thoughts on, um, you know, in a a long-term duration, what would your thoughts be on, you know, I guess procuring wild food without proper documentation. You know, my my right. first thought on this is that I would rather be 
judged by 12 than carried by six. That's that's my my number my number one. Um, in this particular scenario, where I'm I'm hunting without a license or fishing without a license or whatever, um, we're in a long term emergency where there is no other reasonable source of food. I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that's what we're talking about. Yep. In which case, I have absolutely no moral objection to harvesting what I need to keep myself and my immediate family. Uh, sustain, right? I think that's I think that's a totally reasonable thing to do, and I think that any reasonable person in the same circumstance would uh, would would do the same. Well, and I also think that if it's that kind of scenario where grocery stores have collapsed, I'm pretty sure getting a deer tag is not going to be a major priority. You know, the efforts of government aren't going to go into keeping the deer tag system up and running. That's why we're talking easy questions yeah. right now. But I, but it's, I, but I, I think that 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 f we're not talking about in the moment because in the moment it's really easy to say, well, I had to. It's talking about afterwards, right? And I think there's a big difference between uh, I harvested two deer over four months to feed my family of six versus I, I smoked every I smoked every deer in the woods that I could and managed and, and you know the meat went to spoil. Yeah, that, so I think, that I think would that's, have an issue that's with. the big. There's a there's a big difference there, and I think that's the I think that's a, an important an important distinction to make. We're not talking about we're not talking about draining a river of all of its fish by leaving a net up for the for all of eternity. We're talking yeah. about collecting enough to keep ourselves alive through the duration yeah. of the emergency. Yeah, I think the farthest they got it alone was uh, he used a two liter pop bottle to collect a couple of minnows, and I was like, well, it's a good start, but yeah. <laughs> so, you can go, so you can go fishing. Yeah, yeah, you could probably yeah. do a little better than that with you know, came to scallops and everything else that might be hanging around. Um, okay, so I think we all agree on that one. So let's move on to a little tougher one. So seventy seven days in September, uh, we had the main character there, uh, you know, walking across basically the United States, trying to pull his handcart back home, and. Uh, yeah, so he came across abandoned vehicles quite off the bat. Clearly, they're not his car. Um, they're clearly abandoned. There's nobody in them. Uh, sometimes windows are smashed, everything else. Um, how do you guys feel about looting abandoned cars in case of a long-term duration emergency? Something like that. If, if we know that there's no... If we know that like an EMP happened, those cars are absolutely useless. I doubt that anybody's coming back for them, especially if they have uh, like out-of-license... Or, sorry out of province or out of state tags on them, license plates on them. I'm in Ontario and I see a Michigan plate. I highly doubt that person's coming back for it. If they've got something that I can use out of that. Yeah, I could see myself taking a few things, but if there's 27 can openers in the trunk, I might take five, leave some for others. That's true. Yeah, I'm not gonna like that. Like you said with the the deer there in the in the bush, I'm not gonna go and kill them all and smoke them all and let the let the let the food spoil. I'll take what I need and I'll keep going. I want to know where you'd put 27 can openers. <laughs> you know what I mean. Actually, this is a family show. Let's not go there. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> good thing we didn't start talking prison wallets there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I've, I've got kind of the same view. Like it. That one's kind of tricky because we don't know exactly what's going on or, or what it is you're taking from the vehicle or why, right? If it's something that's going to save a life or help preserve life or something like that, then yeah, I'm, I'm taking it. If it's, you know, a, you know, some pennies, a quarter, a dollar, a hundred dollar bill or something that's not going to be useful to me at the time, 
Well, clearly, like, using it as a shelter, no big deal, right? You just Mm -hmm. hop in, hop out. Uh, Whether it be, like, say, road flares, maybe uh, you might find, I don't know, uh, something a little more useful. I mean, Mm -hmm. obviously, snack foods be one thing. But, like, even if it's just a blanket or maybe somebody's uh, prized knife or something they might find in there. I mean, I don't know why they leave it behind. But, hey, um, there might be some items of actual value there. A car is also also a huge shopping center. A huge grocery store right there. You've got all four tires that possibly still have air and the spare. If you can find a compressor, you can pump up other tires. The battery can still be used if it's not damaged or dead. You can pull the alternator off of that. You can pull the trunk off and use it as a sled to pull all the stuff on. Oh, good point. Yeah. And I think it's also a lot of situation. Yeah, again, I... When you look at this car, if it looks like someone you know it's someone's base camp right now and they've gone out to forage for food it's a whole lot different from looking obviously abandoned and uh sort of being perfectly reasonable fair game yeah middle middle of the highway fair game if we're calling yeah if we're calling it like if if we're we're saying it's obviously abandoned then yeah i think whatever whatever i need out of it uh versus still not taking everything i want maybe but everything i need i'm not taking the radio right that's not going to help me with anything um i might take the battery if i need it for something but i'm not uh um yeah i'm not going to take the cd collection wait is that still a thing probably not <laughs> <laughs> um, i don't know maybe it has a I, CD I was waiting for scott to mention the eight track player but my, my daughter's ball ball. Ball. Yeah, the, 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 suit, the suitcase full of cassette tapes <laughs> Um, oh, I'm no, on my I, I, cylinder. It's so much more of a warm sound. My daughter's <laughs> Volvo has a cassette tape player, and she didn't actually know what to do with it, so I actually ended up buying her an adapter that would go from the Lightning into the cassette tape adapter. But, yeah, there's no cassette tapes those, to be found anywhere. Those exist? Yeah, they do, yeah, thanks to AliExpress, <laughs> right? Uh, Pierre <laughs> makes a good point. If you left it and walked away, it's free game in that scenario. Prep better and don't run out of gas and have everything you need in the go bag with you. And that's fair, because if somebody abandoned the vehicle, yeah. they probably took everything with them that they felt had value, yep. and they probably just left what they didn't want behind. So, I'm comfortable enough. with that. Yeah. yeah, I still wouldn't so, take uh, all 27 can openers, but I, <laughs> I would definitely <laughs> only take 26. Yeah, exactly. Leave one behind, right? But yeah. Al, you had yeah. uh, you had mentioned you wouldn't take the battery, but uh, your little solar panel charger there, you can charge up the battery with. Yeah, so I might take the battery. I might not. Depends on depends, depends on again depends on what I've got. Like if I have a need for it, yeah. right? if I have something that, that that's going to run with a battery, then yes, and maybe I would take the battery. But my uh, uh, actually, I bought a really fancy solar panel charger from uh, from Rapid Survival a couple of years ago, and that I think is much bigger, so um, much better at collecting collecting the the radiation. But yeah, I think there's there's again situation dependent. Um, if it's a long term and it's been left in the middle of the highway and and it's obviously not being used for um, not being used for a, for a base camp, then yeah, I think it's fair game. Fair enough. Okay, so that's uh, two easy questions. Last easy question for you guys. So now you're in a uh, Hurricane Katrina kind of situation. Um, you know, obviously longer term emergency. Well, let's just say uh, there's no end date in sight. Um, I you know I think the best example was 28 days later when they go into the grocery store and they just had to go grocery shopping and as a joke they kind of leave their credit card in the till on the way out clearly nobody's gonna charge them for it later on um but if the store has already been looted out and you know there might be a few things left of value is it worth going in there even though you're technically a looter just as much as the next guy that one's a little harder yeah because <laughs> like 
again, am I am I taking things that I need? Right, I'm, I'm not looting a best. I'm not I'm not taking from a Best Buy. Yeah, getting a big screen. No, we're right. talking like. I don't. I don't need. A, I don't need a big screen and a Blu-ray player. But um, like, are those still things? I don't know. Um, but <laughs> laser disc, laser disc, uh, laser disc. Yeah. Oh boy, that takes me back. <laughs> uh, my my gasifier powered uh, laser disc player. Um, <laughs> but if I'm at like a, if I'm at like a pharmacy, and and there's you know there's still stuff that's that's usable from there then yeah absolutely again that's that's life saving that's life saving things i'm okay with that i if i had the ability to purchase it and i'm unable to purchase it but it's still available i'm taking it right like if, if i could if i could yeah. otherwise walk into the store and buy it but in this particular case i'm walking into the store and i simply am unable to purchase it because there's nobody there to take my money then yes i'm taking it yeah so yeah, have the, we all, the scenario, yeah, the scenario kind of ends later on. You can circle back at the end and go back to the store. Absolutely, you can, you can look after it. Then maybe it all depends on, you know, what happens at the end of the scenario and where your moral compass falls, right? And I mean, part part of, part of the part of the thing I would I would question would be after twenty eight days and the store's already looted, what's left there of value, anyways? Um, well, you might find a uh, can of like cream corn that nobody else will eat. I, I, then you can I use your can opener. Say, I was going to say probably <laughs> anything food related is probably gone. Meds would probably be gone. Water would probably be gone. Um, the tofu will still be there, as will the Beyond Meat stuff. I guarantee it. Nobody's touching. Absolutely. It. Yeah, yeah, if, I'm, if I'm nine I'll meals start, hungry, I'll start before I eat that stuff. Yeah, uh, Cap, Cap makes up a good point there. Are you nine meals hungry? Well, yeah, I think at this point most people yeah. would be. Yeah. Yep. Has anybody watched? I'm I'm, um, I'm okay with that. Has anybody watched the movie uh, A Quiet Place? Yes. There was a scene in there where they went to town and there was the pharmacy or the local store or something and I guess a few other families that are still surviving used the same town, used the same pharmacy and stores and they they only took the main family there only took two or three items and left some for the other families that still use that same store as a a shop as a store and hopefully they didn't shake the bottle to see if there's pills in it <laughs> i don't remember that <laughs> no because i was gonna say it'd make noise and you gotta be super quiet right so yeah anyway i mean real life scenarios of this um friend of one of my my mag people was in uh in the tropics hurricane came through everyone was trapped at the resort um so they all started pooling their meds to try and uh, keep everyone who needed certain medications on their medications, but they started running out. They had, um, like they were sort of going at least a couple of days and everything was shut down uh, to the point where, because this person had some medical training, the security team from the resort took them to a pharmacy to well, I guess we're trying to figure out where the line between looting, scavenging, and necessity is to find it's the called, medications that these people need. Wiring, <laughs> the reallocation of resources. There you um, go. There we go. But exactly that scenario where you take what is needed by the people who need it immediately, and you're not being greedy and taking everything else. Um, but it's. You know, yeah, you're certainly in an ethical gray zone there. Uh, who had the uh, thing about New Orleans police? 
uh, I had put that in, um, where a lot of the police officers in New Orleans were expected to live within the district. So they were all very much affected by Hurricane Katrina. Um, and kind of the question of, you know, is the line between looting and scavenging leaving a note? So they, you know, the police were having to go into Walmart to hit up the pharmacy to get the things they needed, you know, so where's that line? If you're leaving a note and sort of saying, I'm sorry, we needed this, your place was going to burn down anyway. I don't know. Um, but just a real life example of uh, resource limited situations and challenging, you know, where that line is in, in ethics. Well, yeah. I, again, I think as long as you're taking things that you need in order to keep somebody alive or healthy, um, you're doing that in you're doing that in good faith. And again, we go back to the reasonable person principle, where uh, I think a reasonable person in that situation would do it. I'm okay with it. Well, I think if you're leaving a note, you're probably saying I'm willing to provide recompense or whatever later on. Yep, I'll come back and pay for it when the, yeah. when, the when the machines are working again. Yeah, exactly. It's not like you're going to make it difficult for them to recoup their their losses or anything else at this point. So, no, I think it's good. Um, the only problem I can see with that, with leaving a note, is somebody may be able to track you back down and you're still in that emergency situation and now you're screwed. Well, I wouldn't say I was at 123 Maple Street or something. I'd be like, you know, still. here's my name, here's my number, or here's my... At this point, if they, I guess if they need to send number or something, I don't know, something that <laughs> identifies you, uh, you know, uh, that's going to drive Eric nuts with, with uh, OPSEC. But no, I'm just saying, like, uh, some no. sort of, you know, thing that doesn't really count an emergency, like, here's my, my cell number. Because, I mean, like, yeah, they can call you. It yeah, doesn't mean they have their address. For, for, the, for the cell network that's currently not working. Yeah. So, I mean, but, like, <laughs> obviously they can track down via your phone number your address if they really had to, like, if law enforcement had to get involved or whatever for, for recouping. Their yeah. And, again, we're, we're doing it in good faith that we're going to come yeah. back afterwards and, and, and settle yeah. up. So, I think as long as you're doing that, I think, again, it's, it's a totally reasonable thing to do. Yeah. And it's, yeah, the key word is good faith. I, right? I, I agree absolutely with Brad's point. Don't put your address on a piece of paper in a situation no. like that because all you're doing not. is asking yeah. for a visitor. Yeah, yeah. That's a really good point. Now they know you raided the pharmacy. <laughs> yes. You got good good drugs. Let's, um, go to, let's go to Brad's place. He's got all the dope. Yeah, it's party time. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's right. I would just write down Jeff's address. <laughs> yeah, well, it's called misdirection. That's right. Um, yeah. Well, medium, uh, medium difficulty questions. All right, let's go. All right. So the same car or plane or train or boat whatever um you know say a month into the emergency you come across as abandoned means of transportation um and you can get it restarted through your own mechanical genius or you scrounged fuel or you figure out what was wrong whatever um you okay to just hop in and start driving it away if it's middle of the highway it's clearly abandoned hell yeah finders keepers let's go it always seems so easy in the movies where they stumble <laughs> across that old car in the barn. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there happens just, to be a bunch of jerry cans with it. But they, they start it with a screwdriver a and away you go. Yeah, yeah. It has a, it's a couple of couple coughs that starts perfectly, and then mm -hmm. purrs like a kitten. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, not happening. No, well, let's just assume like it's uh, even a boat. Okay, like uh, a boat that's been tied up at the harbor for the last month, and you know there's like you know a bit of sloshy fuel in there and you kind of scrounge from all the other tanks to get a full tank of gas and it turns out the spark plug was no good and maybe they disconnected the battery and you get it moving how's that 
Well, I, yeah, I, I think it, if I again, if if I need it, yes. Right. If I if I need this to make somebody's to make somebody's life better, absolutely. Well, we're not going um, water skiing at this uh, point. Am, am I? <laughs> well, that yeah, might make exactly. Like, I'm, not, I'm not taking it. Yeah. You got to bring. I'm not taking it off. for a joyride and like blowing donuts in the parking lot and and then setting it on fire and walking away. Right. Like we're I'm I'm using this to to convey supplies and people to a safer area. Yeah, across the river, away from. Then danger, yes, absolutely. You know, yeah. But I yeah. think it also goes to that situational awareness thing where that boat, if you can tell someone else has been using it and it is important for them to be able to keep part of their group alive, you know, go hunting, whatever, versus that boat that has a film of dirt on it and is very obviously derelict and you're you're bailing out eight inches of water to to get it running. You know, that one's obviously a much easier scenario. Yeah, the agent's still warm. That's yep. so weird. I, I, but yeah, finders keepers. <laughs> Perfect. Warmed up, ready to go. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, Joan makes a good point. Take a sailboat. Okay, yes. So bad example. Yes. If you knew how to sail, well, you know, I know the theory how hard behind sailing. Sailing is a function of lift. I know that much. However, that doesn't mean I'm a good sailor. Matter of fact, I've never been in a sailboat. I, I've been in a sailboat, but I definitely wouldn't. Uh, I definitely wouldn't say I'm proficient at it. Uh, but yeah, if, if yeah, no, I think I think the the, the um, I think I'm much more likely to try and work a sailboat than a train. Um, but yeah, if if it's clearly abandoned, I'm perfectly okay with that. If again, if I need it, not like, hey, uh, this looks like it could be a fun time. I'm going to take a little side quest here from my from my main, my main objective and and. Uh, and and go go out for a rip. That's that's not the conversation. It's hey, I need to get to this place, or I need to get these supplies from A to B, and this will do so faster, more efficiently, bring people to safety in a more reasonable time. Yes, absolutely. I think that's a. I think that's a. a, a I think morally, I can I can check that box. All right. You know these are going to get tougher as we go along here, right? <laughs> of course they are. All right, so uh, you're in a survival situation of unspecified origin. Uh, you come across somebody's cabin. Uh, let's say, for example, it could be one of two scenarios. A, you're walking through the bush and you're cold, tired, and hungry. Another one, maybe you're just bugging out from the city and you're grabbing the SKS and going in the woods. And uh, you come across somebody else's cabin that's not being used. What are your thoughts? Can you I see bottles of rye through the window? <laughs> Would that make it first, easier or harder? <laughs> I honestly feel like this is a one of the much easier questions. Like we should sort of yeah. put it, it, it earlier. Is. If you're if you're in a if you're in a life saving situation, like you said, you're you're cold, and you need shelter. Am I kicking the door in? Yep, absolutely. Um, and I mean, we've had we've had cases uh, from my old job where people have been been lost, and that's what they've done. They've come across the cabin, or they've come across the. Um, a house where nobody was home and their situation was, do I sit outside on the, on the porch and freeze or do I break a window and go in? And they've gone in and there's, you know, there's been no repercussions. They paid for the damage or whatever. And that, that was that. So, I mean, absolutely. I would, yep. uh, I would have no issue with that. Well, okay. I, I'm a hundred percent on board. And it, if I, again, I'm not depriving somebody of it. Am I, am I inconveniencing them? Maybe, but I would think again, a reasonable person if I come out to my cabin in the woods and I find that there was somebody there and they said, when I was just about to freeze to death, I found this place and kept me alive. Cool. I'm really glad that you're okay. Yeah. Now get the, hell, get out. the hell out. I'm really glad yeah, that you're okay. I, I totally yeah. agree with that. 100%. The cops could call me and say, somebody broke into your cabin, but there was a snowstorm and they needed the, 
the food, the can openers, the wood, everything in there. Okay, cool. Give me a name and address, yep. and I'll catch up with them later. Are they I just okay? Like that yep. You're stockpiling right. uh, can openers. Can openers, cabin. damn cool. right. Yeah. Well, you just leave a few can openers behind to make up for it. Okay, so <laughs> option or scenario two, then you're just uh, you're bugging out. It's a mass panic, fleeing from the city. You come across a cabin that isn't being used. Maybe it's a rich person's cabin. That's their. There's clearly their secondary home. Um, obviously, don't have permission. Um, you're not going to die right away. Uh, what are your thoughts? I honestly mm. feel like both of these scenarios are much easier because someone, me using someone else's cabin isn't depriving them of using it. If I take a car or a boat or a train and it's gone from, from their usage, all of a sudden, you know, that's, you know, I, I've taken away from them. If I'm just borrowing some shelter, it's really not a big deal. Like, I think you'd be respectful. If you have to break in, you do it in a way, you know, you don't smash the giant picture window. You break a little little pane of glass or sort of get in the least destructive way you can. Or even better, use the lockpicks from your bug out bag to get in without oh. doing anything. Oh, no damage. <laughs> no damage. I'm not depriving them of anything. Absolutely. I think that's, a, I think that's an easy yes. Point okay, well, then, evil. then carrying on to the next step there, uh, as far as Pierre is concerned, he's not too concerned about the uh, the means <laughs> of the person in, of the cabin who you're breaking into. Now, let's just say you, uh, in order, a survival situation, you're in the cabin, and uh, clearly if you leave the cabin, you're not going to be doing very well, but the owner of the cabin shows up and says, hey, you're in my cabin. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Now, very observant of you. Yes, I, I'm. I'm a really nice guy, and maybe we can. Maybe we can work out a way that we can that we can coexist here. Here's all the stuff that I brought, and and maybe we can maybe we can work together to make our mutual situation better because we all know that the lone wolf never survives. Um, but if you not, then the speech. no, not I, no. Did, did, did I rush it? I felt like I rushed it. Um, <laughs> Uh, but if uh, but if they say no, get the hell out. Then I mean, if there's one cabin, there's probably another one nearby. Um, and maybe I'm going to go back and check in a little bit and see if they're still there because they might have left me something that I can use. Because if they're lone wolfing it and I'm not, then <laughs> maybe we're uh... <laughs> yeah. You know, look at behold my many varieties of can openers. How can we how can we work on a trade here? Can I interest you in a can opener for an evening? <laughs> and, you, yeah. and, you, and you've got all those cans. <laughs> How are you going to open them? Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, so I boy. think I mean obviously it would it would you know if this person has shelter and I have and I have things of value to help them with then maybe maybe we can work out a deal that we can stay. If not, um, if it comes away? down if it comes down to me or them, then chances are they're not very well prepared and. Eh, no, we're not in, we're not at that level of not that not at that level of need yet. But um, if I can talk my way into staying there with them and, and building our uh, building our team, then yes. If not, I'm moving on because I don't want to be I don't want to be in that situation. Well, and I think the reality is that what you're describing is a negotiation, and I think anyone who has thought about prepping, even if you don't have a lot of supplies with you, you're caught off guard. Just having thought about a lot of this stuff you're well ahead of the game and you bring a lot of asset to that negotiation because you know how to do things. You know how to fix things. You know how to, so because it's a negotiation and you have a lot to offer, hopefully that's going to find a mutually agreeable arrangement. 
Yes, exactly. Hey, thanks for letting me use your space. I've I've uh, managed to bring in some deer here that uh, um, I didn't have a license for, but whatever. Um, would that be a benefit to you? For would that be beneficial if I stick around and keep us fed with deer, and we can share the resources that we have here? Right. If I can negotiate my way into that, then that's great. Uh, and yeah, Dave makes a great point. Right. If uh, you know, if I if if we're in it, well, I think if we're in a situation where uh, where the police are are, are still an option. Then this is not a discussion. This is this is an inconvenience issue, not an emergency issue. Yeah, no, yeah, um, that's my retirement plan. So you know, don't don't be, don't be knocking the prison life. So yeah, and if you know, but if but if if that is an option, then three hots and a cot are, are your are your way out. But um, but yeah, and I think uh, Jones Joan makes uh, takes it takes it up a notch here, right? Uh, home homeowner returns with a weapon. Well, hey man. I really appreciate your time. Left your can opener on the counter. I'm moving on. Plain <laughs> <laughs> and simple. I left your can opener, but I'm taking the deer I got. <laughs> you, no, that's a good you, point. You, I mean. you might want to air. You might want to air the place out for a bit. We've uh, we may have a little bit of CO build up. There, I managed to make it <laughs> oh, Forty-four minutes. I, I'm sorry, man. Weak effort. Weak effort. <laughs> There's literally no other place for me to put for me to put that in here. <laughs> All right, Fair enough. Fair enough. Hard, hard questions now, and I'm, I'm hoping this one generates some good discourse because this is an interesting one. So, uh, same car, plane, train, boat, whatever. Um, same kind of scenario. However, it's early in the emergency, but clearly you need to get the heck out of Dodge um, for that. Fleeing car. the zombie horde. You are fleeing the zombie horde. Asteroid impact, like deep impact. Uh, you're fleeing the tide or the floodwaters, the tsunami that's approaching at 60 miles an hour. Um, same vehicle, or, or even even a scenario. Maybe you're on your way home and it happens, and your vehicle becomes incapacitated, but you need to get home to your family. And... Yeah, you get you get t-boned, and your your car is out of service. But you, you know somebody else's car is sitting there idling. No, no, me not idling. That's a bad bad thing. I'm just saying, like the boat is sitting there ready to go, um, but no one else is using it. Time's critical. What about preemptively using said vehicle? Well, first yep. thing I'm going to do is I'm going to take all the can openers out to make it lighter so it's faster. <laughs> I thought can openers can openers were the new currency. <laughs> okay, I'll keep, I'll keep one. I'll keep one. Two is one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna go with yes still, right? If you know we've got a time critical, um, either I'm escaping, you know, I'm I'm thinking about like the uh, the Fort Mac fire, right? When we had when when people yeah. there had, you know, half an hour to half an hour to an hour to evacuate, absolutely. That's 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 my life. My life is on the line. Uh, if it comes down to me or them, send flowers. I'm I'm go. I'll, I'll send flowers. Right. We're uh, we're 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 going with that. That's. I think that's. I think that's a. Uh, again, we're we're talking about a talking about a life a life threatening situation. I would I, I would again rather be judged by twelve than carried by six. Yeah, these are almost easier decisions to make because ultimately, yep. if you don't take the car, you're dead. So, taking the car. Okay, well, yep. I was surprised actually <laughs> that we all agree on that one. Okay, well, that's fair enough. Okay, so now that the prepper standard, this is the, the, the prepper gold standard of hard decisions making. Um, hungry people at your door. Uh, you know, we're past the nine meal stage. No food resupply coming. Um, you've got food. Maybe neighbors, maybe people you don't know. Maybe just migrants that are leaving the city. Show up at your door, hungry, crying babies. Uh, you giving them food? Yes or no? I think this is a much more difficult question. Yeah, 
I, as the the left wing, perfectly reasonable person in this group. <laughs> uh, where's the kick button? Yeah. <laughs> How'd this guy get in here? Yeah, yeah I sort of recognize that <laughs> I'm pr- realistically in a long term resource limited situation. I'm going to have 30 or 40 people showing up at my place. And that's part of my planning. I'm sort of expecting it um, because I would have a hard time turning people away. That being said, I'm also planning that we're building a community and they're hopefully going to bring some sweat equity, some um, security by being a larger group. Too many mouths to feed is challenging, but... Pardon, Brad? Those are the people that you're planning on to be there, or is this you're planning on random individuals to just show up? Uh, that is sort of a lot of the extended friends, family, neighbors, that kind of thing. Um, not so much so, the random strangers. So look at it from the random stranger. You've got all your people there already, and now there's a group of refugees, so to speak, coming out from the city. What do you do? There's 30 of them. Well, all, all of a sudden, that's a mob, and mm-hmm. maybe I'm, I would, you know, throwing some uh, some decoy food at them and say, "Oh, this is the last of what we have. Don't take it all." <laughs> but if you feed, don't them, throw them a can opener, back. though. Yeah, no, I give them a can. Don't give them the can opener. Yeah, I'm I'm making a big batch of Kool Aid and inviting everybody in. Oh! Oh! some good cheers! Cheers! Cheers to our cheers to our new fa- our newfound friendship. Uh, Everybody, take a drink. I, I was <laughs> assuming it was going to be carbon monoxide, but <laughs> well, he gathers he gathers them in for a glass of Kool Aid inside the garage with the running car. Yeah, Alan's mm. dark. I like it. Uh, <laughs> so we're getting dark I mean, that's real a, that's quick. A, that's a tough one because um, well, okay, so yeah, I would look. I would look at it this way: if 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 it's a if it's a mob like, um, and they don't, and they just look like they're out for trouble, and the the answer is absolutely no. And and your place should be secure enough, anyways. Hopefully that they'll stay out. Um, but if it's a mother and her two small kids, and she's like, I've got nowhere else to go. I've got no way to feed my kids. How do you how do you turn that away? Like how do you so you know maybe maybe start asking some questions. Where did you come from? Um, where do you live? And if they're fairly close, but you don't know them, then you may say, "Did you leave anything at the house? Did you leave anything at your place?" Well, yeah, I left a whole bunch of food because I couldn't carry it. A bunch of canned stuff. Okay, you get in here, and we'll go get your we'll go get your stuff or whatever. I I mean. It, it just. How many yeah, so I, I mean, do you have? I agree <laughs> with you. I agree with you, Jeff. Definitely be asking them some questions. Depends on the age of the kids. I'd be asking them, "Where's your dad?" Yeah, and I don't yeah. know if I'd be leaving the old get stuff from their place, just in the fact that it could be imaginary or not there, or what they say is there isn't. Then you they come back get and you like, out of the out of yeah. your house with food. And they've they've used that mother and two kids as a decoy. Figure out what you've yeah. got. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, I think I think Pierre had a good answer up uh, up a couple of comments ago. At least offer them a twenty-two if it's a mob. Well, do you want to arm them? 
I mean, I'm not saying what he's doing. I'm sure that's not what he means. Yeah, I think I think I'm sending them away. Yeah, because I mean, honestly, like you feed them once, they're going to come back because they know that you yeah. have extra that you can donate. Um, but actually, one of the books I read, the the James Wesley Rawls series, there, Patriots, uh, all the other, those other ones, he had a good idea in the fact that he did not donate directly to refugees. What he did, though, is he dropped them off at the local church community center, whatever your preferred distribution center is. He, If you want to donate, he would donate to that third party. And then if somebody came to his door and says, listen, I don't have anything, but where I've been getting my stuff from is the church community center, whatever down the road. I hear they have stuff. And so you can kind of deflect that way. That was kind yep. of my thoughts on that. Yeah. And, that and that way you're not making people go hungry. You're not giving them stuff directly. They won't come back to you. They'll come back to the community center, if anything. So you're making your problems somebody else's problems. But still, it's better than your problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they I'm, might be I'm better set up to handle the, the mob. Offer yeah. to take them with you on your run. I'm going on my way down there now. Come with me. Um, a lot of the discussion. Yeah, then you leave. Then you like my scenario. You're leaving your place and you're opening yourself up. And yeah. Yes. Which was a yeah. Yes. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't necessarily want want them to think that I'm a nice person. I want or, them to yeah. think that I am. Or, that I that I, I don't really care about their existence, uh, and that I'm unwilling to help them. I, I don't want them because if they think I'm a nice person, they're going to come back to me. Well, a nice person in emergency is red weak. Yeah, right? and they they don't want to sense weakness. So yeah, yeah there's so a whole psychological game with this. Yeah. Head on a pike at the end of the driveway. Well, I mean, maybe having people hanging with signs around their, their neck going "looters will be shot" or something, and just having them rotting and crows picking at them or something, you know, maybe um, not. A lot of the discussion is sort of talking about people coming through and are they bringing skills, talents, assets? Uh, and it's interesting when you read a lot of this fiction, be it um, one second after, be it um, uh, lights out by half-assed exactly that process happens it's it's more at a community level where people are coming through and like are you bringing anything to our community that is a value oh we need a doctor you have skills that we want we will feed you um so having the ability to parse that out but it happens at a much bigger community level at, at an individual level that's hard to do i'm all about the gray man and hoping <laughs> <laughs> the mob sort of passes my my little driveway through the woods, uh, you know, passes it by, and oh, there's nothing interesting down here. Yeah, so I guess that leads to the big question: Is it your job to prepare for others that are outside your mag or your family? No, it's not. No. But it's also not wrong to be prepared for that. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, in reality, it's 100%. something that's going to happen. It's at some point in time in a major disaster type of situation, you're going to yep. come across somebody who's going to ask for help. So you need to have some kind of plan as to how you're going to deal with that, whether it's you're prepared to send them away or you're prepared to, to give them some things. It's, it's going to happen. So you may as well put it into your, your prep plans and be ready for it. <laughs> Melissa, I'm just saying robotic sentries should be a thing. Hey, if you're going to go with yeah, robotic not, sentries, they're not, not a thing. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you seen the difference? Boston Dynamics or is it? Uh, is Boston Dynamics has robotic dogs now with the guns on them? Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm just saying it's a thing. Um, okay. Uh, I, so, li I like I like Dan's comment. Send them over to the neighbor that you don't like. That is true. <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, simply, I heard she's got something. <laughs> and there's only one Absolutely. of her. We've got a whole team here. We're armed. <laughs> 
Uh, like a, a lack of planning on your part does not yeah. constitute an emergency yeah. on my part. Is the is the overall there? Yeah, um, I'll point. I'll point you in the. I'll point you in the right direction, but you're on your own. Yeah. Uh, so Pierre's on fire tonight, isn't he? Yeah, well, he's just <laughs> full of good comments. Anyway, um, so that, uh, kind of related. So you're sitting at your workplace, stirring your coffee, and uh, you know Eric's got his newbies there that are annoying the crap out of him, and they find out <laughs> that he's got rapid survival, and and they say, "Hey, now I know that if something goes wrong, I'm coming to your house, Eric." What's your response? Got to figure <laughs> out where I live first. <laughs> Normal times though, like these guys are just having a conversation in the coffee room on yeah, a break yeah, in good times. Yeah, give them a hang out with coworkers. They got to know where I live first. Well, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm gonna say that they, they should know, but so that's where you start to uh, to plant the seed that none of my product is stored at my house for the company. Well, there you go. Um, but I would draw the conclusion that in an emergency, you would take all that stuff and have it handy. Or I could coerce mm -hmm. you into getting it for me, regardless. So let's let's regardless of the reason, right? Let's assume yeah. you're a target, and people say I'm I'm showing up to your house. Oh, I see Jeff down there <laughs> waving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep, I'm showing up. You know that. I'm <laughs> coming your way. Um, I guess my, I, my I just assume Jeff's coming. I've actually said this a couple times at work. I'm just like, great. What are you bringing? Yeah. And that yeah. and the, the, that usually steers the conversation in the direction of like. Yeah, you're welcome, but uh, not unless you contribute to the overall net, I guess, uh, supply chain. So, which usually gets them to start thinking in their own brain that, oh, wait a minute, I can't just show up empty-handed because I'm going to be, you know, like a douche about it. So, um, it's a very interesting conversation. It usually dies mm -hmm. fairly fast at the workplace, but it is something that you have to think about ahead of time. Because if people know that you are into preparedness or whatever, then maybe they know roughly where you live and they can figure it out sooner or later they will show up at your house and now you know them yep. and they, you know, they know what you have and they're not empty handed. So yeah. And there's, there's that kind of emotional tie to them, right? Cause you know, their history, you know, probably family members, you know, a lot more about them than you would that random person that shows up to your door. So it's, it's going to be trickier to, to turn them away and say no. So I've offered probably about half a dozen guys to come cash stuff at my place and not a single one of them's taken me up on it yet. Interesting. Yeah. I think, I think that's, that's the, so in a perfect world, we are we're pre-planning that. Okay, cool. You're coming to my house. What are you going to start contributing today so that you can show up at any given moment and I consider you to be an asset? But the reality is that like somebody just shows up. Um, no, here's here's you know I'm gonna send I'm gonna send you to the church down the road. Right? They've got a they've got a shelter they've got a shelter set up. They're being supplied by the Red Cross. You're ready to go. I don't have room for you here yeah. safely. Yeah, unless you yeah. like chicken coops or whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, unless, yeah. unless I happen to know them well enough that I can, I can make a judgment and say this person is going to be an asset to my team. But if they're going to be an asset to my team, they're probably not showing up empty-handed, anyways. Well, I would hope they'd show up with a pickup truck with a bag full of food supplies. Whatever. Well, that, yeah, you and that, so that's that come situation. On come on in. Like we'll 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 figure out the details. Uh, but come on, come on in. We'll secure this stuff for right now. Um, the the person that just shows up empty-handed and says, "Hey, we worked together five years ago, and I remember you saying that you were really well prepared, and I'm in trouble." Well, sucks to suck. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Off you go. <laughs> I yeah, I, I got out of prepping a little while ago. I uh, yeah. sold off all my stuff. I ate all my food. I, I lost. I lost my job two years ago. I used all my stuff. I've got yeah. nothing yeah. to give. 
Ghost Prepper. I'm in the same boat as you are. Where are we hitting? <laughs> okay, so I, I think a real time example of this. I think we all have people in our lives that can be a little on the parasitic side. Uh, you know, friendships that are you know very one sided. People that are always needy in normal times. Yep. Um, you know, so and you're staying the government. I rather I rather <laughs> recently told a person like that in my life to lose my number. And uh, and that's that's the exact point I'm getting to. Yep. You know, there's sort of a certain point where, yeah, you've been friends forever, but I can't handle the drama in your life that you spill into my life or whatever it is. Um, so I think as a theoretical lesson, looking at how we interact with those, those kind of people in normal times, and maybe they're going through turmoil, um, but looking at how... Yeah, what's our threshold for cutting them off? And like you said, Alan, telling them to lose our number um, in these times, you know, can we use that to extrapolate how we're going to be in resource limited times? Hmm. Yep. No, I, I think, and I think that's, that starts now with uh, making sure that the people that you associate with are going to be beneficial to you. Right. What are they, what's the what's the rule? Like you're the average of the five people that you associate with most. So the people that are around you, are they beneficial to you or not? And if they're not, then let's start cutting them out now. I think that's a, that's a solid prep to have. Boy, I sound like an asshole saying that, don't I? No, no. Actually, <laughs> it's, it's, it's calculated. It's very good. That's, obviously, it's very good. Um, so this one's interesting. Now, I kind of set this one up in the fact that, okay, so yes, you're into the emergency. Uh, you're not going to starve to death yourself. Uh, it's not going to make a huge difference to your preps, but your neighbor shows up. They've got their last bag of rice. Um, they're a raging alcoholic and they're out of booze. You have a bottle of booze. Um, would you trade that bottle of booze to feed their addiction in exchange for that bag of rice, which will extend your preps, but it means they're probably going to starve. Absolutely. They're probably going to starve anyways. If they're willing Sorry. to make the trade, that's, that's their choice. If, like, yeah, if they came over and initiated the trade, I know you have some more Jack Daniels and I have a bag of rice. Okay, sure. I'll and, trade it for you. That's your own decision. Yeah, th I'm, th I'm thinking about that person's mindset and that, that person who needs that bottle, they're, they're, on, they're on their way out anyways. I don't want to die sober. If I'm, if I'm in that position, absolutely. I'm going to tra trade whatever I've got left for whatever alcohol I can get my hands on. And I'm going out and I'm going out you know, with, a, with a smile on my face. Well, you guys pre-thought about all this stuff already. This is too easy for you, isn't so it? I, I mean, I think bartering. Is, yes, bartering also depends on both people getting something of value to them, right? If you're in a situation where you desperately need antibiotics, and the person that has antibiotics desperately needs ammunition or your solar panel or whatever, and both parties are getting something out of it that's of more value than what they're giving up given their their situation yeah quid pro quo yeah i mean yeah. that's you know bartering is perfectly fair business and if that is the the value that both parties are getting out of it that's pretty uh i i think that's fair game i i can't describe what value you give to something but yeah i i think what i have is worth this so Let's make a deal. The only problem in this situation, Ian, that I can see is when he's sober, now he's mm -hmm. going to be hungry, he's still going to be coming back to my door. 
Well, now he's going to show up to your drunk and hungry. And who knows? Yeah, but then you just push him down. But and on the maybe, stuff. and then maybe you've just given him ammunition, and yeah, he's he's coming with. So that's yeah. my next. There was a bit of a sidebar just came up here, but so talking about buttering ammunition, if that's even a good idea or no. not, maybe it is a good idea, because now you're giving away offset that you have ex excess ammunition. You're mm -hmm. arming what could potentially be an adversary because he's going to come back drunk and hungry with a, a full magazine now. Um, ammunition so, equals food, though, right? So I, I don't I don't consider ammunition something that I can get rid of. Yeah, like I don't yeah. know if partying ammunition is high on my list of priorities for sure. No, I don't think no. I'd be giving any of it away. No, fishing well, line, absolutely. You need you need a rod and a reel, absolutely. We're a couple of miles from the walk, from the river. You can go down there and fish to your heart's content. Uh, ammunition, ammunition is food for me. Yeah, but uh, I also think it depends on where that value is. You know, if you know five rounds of twenty two, you know they they can go out and find find a rabbit. And you're getting something you need out of it, maybe that's reasonable. I think it also talking about the OPSEC part of it means not having all of your stores in one spot and all of it visible. You know, if you, oh yeah, come on in. Here's my garage with you know all my preps, versus having a bunch of little caches all over so that um, you're not giving up that OPSEC what you have. You know. Yeah, I don't have a lot, but I, you know, I can give you three rounds. You better be a good shot. You know, I'm starting to think that Pierre is like a Buddha in disguise because <laughs> yep. this is probably the best comment of the entire podcast. Yep. We could have saved the whole hour yeah. here. Why didn't you why come out you with this at the beginning? <laughs> so for the for the audio listeners, he Pierre asks, "Why are you answering the door? A lot of these scenarios can be solved by not answering the door. Just saying." I'm like. <laughs> Pierre, you're a goddamn genius. So let's so let's just <laughs> let's just take answering the door as a general term for you are approached by, right? Because yeah. like where I live, I'm out tending my garden, I'm visible from the road, right? Like at some point, somebody's gonna know that I'm here. Or are they just sneak into your yard? I mean, like honestly, like you know, I saw I back onto Crown Land. Nothing stopping somebody from you know wandering through the Crown Land and ending up at my back fence. And yep, little, exactly. Little warning, they're there, right? They just they're there. So and oh, and also at the same time, if you don't answer the door, you're more likely to get your door kicked in. Somebody looking for if if somebody's looking for something. Yeah, yeah they may assume so, you're not there. Nobody's yeah. Yeah. If they, yeah, if they assume if they assume your house is abandoned, they may kick in the door looking for supplies. Uh, and if that's the case, then you know now I've now I've I've got a person in my house that I don't want, and I have a a, a damaged door to deal with. I mean, when you you look at uh, twenty eight days later and how. You know, light discipline at night was a big issue. When you look at um, you know so much stuff, where adding the gray man and making your house bug out location whatever less visible, less attractive. And we've talked about how noisy a generator is. If it's dead quiet, your generator is going to be heard for a mile, and desperate people are going to want to investigate that. So. I don't know what the answer is. Um, you know, I think it's going to be very hard to be quiet and unnoticed and, you know, them not notice campfire smoke, um, you know, the sound of a generator, whatever it is. Um, so I, <laughs> I agree with not answering the door, but if they're coming anyway. Yeah, they won't, they won't generally yeah. stop at, a, at an unanswered door. All right, I got the last one here. Um, 
and this is I, I'd hope this would be a more interesting one too. So long term disaster, no end in sight. And I'm thinking like, you know, one second after type of thing. Um I can't remember which book I was reading, but one of the books they were doing like a kind of a neighborhood canvassing to see you how people were doing in the early stages of the emergency. And the protagonists end up saying right off the bat, is like, no, we're okay. We'll we'll be okay on our own. And they're like, That's the first time I've heard that today. And so right away off the bat, they're they're giving away some OPSEC. But so now all of a sudden the FEMA has arrived and or the equivalent in Canada anyway, and they're handing out food. They're handing out like two meals a day uh, to the population. Um, would you guys just stay at home, keep your head down, not use your prep or just use your preps? Or would you stand in line with the rest of the people, extend your preps by getting your two meals a day and also fit in with the crowd? Extend the preps and fit in 100%. 100%. Turns into the gray man theory, right? Yeah. Mixing in with the general population. You look like you're the same as everybody else. You're not standing out. Um, yep. And then, and then also, if if I'm if I'm not standing there, people assume that I'm well set. And then when those meals stop, uh, I become a target. Whereas if I'm standing house. there, um, then they think I'm in an equally bad situation, and they tend to leave me alone when things get things get worse. So Scott. I'm hundred hundred percent going in, uh, <laughs> going in line. Okay. Scott. So what hap- what happens when it's one second after and there are penalties if they find out that you have resources that you have not disclosed and you're going to earn the ire of your community um ethically i'm having a hard time with with taking food if if there's a reasonable supply of food at that point you know there's fema trucks showing up that's okay you know everyone has some if you know if everyone in line is getting 300 calories a day to stave off death a little longer you know then uh, i'm honestly not sure that that 300 calories in my belly is worth it Um, i might then in that case i might take it and give it to somebody else privately i was gonna say find someone at the back of the line who's probably not going to get up to the front of the line there you go and disappear into the sunset yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, would agree I, with I, that. I think I think there I think that's the the, the elegant way around that because, um, yeah, because if if it's if it's FEMA, then they're taking note of who we are and where we live, and if all of a sudden we're not showing up to get our food, there's a reason why. And this is why I'm locking down my digital trail. Who are you again? <laughs> what? Who said that? Armando. Uh, some random buzzing there. I don't know what that was all about. So I know I'm I'm I can I can still take I can still take that food and give it to somebody else before I leave, um, but that is the uh, no I'm I'm still I'm absolutely going to go going to go play the part so that uh, I don't uh, I don't stand out as missing. Yeah. If you're ever in a situation where there's a mob coming towards you, you know, chanting something and wanting to smash things, your best defense is to chant the same thing, face the same direction, and quietly move off to the side. Absolutely. Right. You don't what stand if they're chanting the and yelling at you, though? You're the reason for the chant. You no, know, that was the best part. Like the, the, mum, the original Mummy movie with uh, with Brandon Fraser there and the Scottish uh, mm-hmm. brother-in-law. Uh, he starts facing all the zombies. And they're all screaming like Imhotep, and he immediately starts. He turns right around, starts saying the same thing, <laughs> ch- you know, chanting along with them, and they're just like, "Oh, cool, he's one of us." All right, then. That was the best one. Anyways, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, sir. I would do the exact same thing. Uh, I was actually expecting a little more. Discord on that one, to tell you the truth. But yeah, no, I would just try and get the handouts instead of my preps and uh, not stand out from the crowd, I guess, at that point. But at the very least, if you had a neighbor that wasn't even mobile, like say if you had a yeah older neighbor that maybe had, 
you know, mobility issues or whatever, and maybe they were providing some sort of, you know, value to you by like maybe they just knew how to sew or something. Who knows? But he could take that food and help them out a bit. Yeah. Yep. I would agree I'm, with that. Hundred percent. It's too easy. Or use or use some of that as a barter if somebody comes and says, "Hey, we need we need more than what they're giving us." Well, I've got this leftover from the meals that they gave us today. You're welcome to it. Yeah, I mean, and they. Exactly. A uh, good summary by Dave there. If there's no one in state to the emergency, take the free food and delay digging into your preps. Because basically, yep. as soon as you dig into yeah. your preps, you're starting a stopwatch with yep. a countdown timer, right? And it's you've only got so much food there. And I guess the longer you can stave off that countdown timer hitting zero, the better off you are. So. Yep. yep. Well, uh, or, I think- or is it a situation where you have to get through to your garden being productive? You know, or sort of get through a, a more predictable, limited time. And I agree if you're, um, you know, if it's that desperate situation, being dependent on your victory garden is going to be scary. But yeah, I've got enough preps to get us through till harvest. Well, maybe, maybe I'm going to leave that food line alone. That was way too easy. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. We all agree. Yeah. But then, but then, Scott, you might still stand out. Yeah, I, I'm still, I'm still thinking you're, you're yes. going to stand out either way. I, I agree with you guys. People, I do like the gray man theory, and you know, chant, chant with the mob facing the same direction. <laughs> um, I, I admit, I hadn't sort of thought of that aspect so much. It's, it's easier to say, oh, I'll, I'll have my preps, and I can. Uh, I'll be just fine. Me, me and mine have ours, but you're right. That's going to just draw an awful lot of attention. Yeah. Scott's not here in the line. Why is he not here in the line? His garden seems to be doing well. What is Scott eating? Or we're all, as Darius points out, like we're all, uh, we're all eating those like you know 800 calories a day, and you're eating a whole lot more. So you keep looking full and full and plump and juicy, and everybody else is starting to starting to waste away. That also stands out. Yep. One of the most uncomfortable experiences of my entire life uh, was in Haiti in a disaster zone after the earthquake and not having good situ- situational awareness. A bunch of us were grouped together eating something and that drew the attention of the very hungry masses around us. And there was no elegant way. Out. We have no way of feeding all of these people. They are hungry. They suddenly see that we have food. And it was incredibly unpleasant. It didn't go badly for us, but I think that's only by sheer luck. Yep. Lesson yep. learned, though, didn't you? Lesson learned, right? Well, obviously, the next day we didn't get together for lunch. We, you know, stole power bars, hid in a corner, and sort of quietly ate it like a mouse. Yeah. So that yeah. I mean, that's that's the answer right there, right? If people are hungry and they know you've got food, they're coming to see you. Yep. Well, and on that note, like, I mean, people always talk about using their barbecue as a backup uh, cooking source. I mean, have you actually watched the smoke fly off the barbecue when you're when you're cooking burgers and stuff? And mm-hmm. I mean, how, how far that smell will carry, especially if somebody's hungry and they smell like some beautiful Angus burgers on the barbecue, <laughs> they're going to come running. So absolutely they are. Moth to a flame. Oh. Yep. No, it's uh, it's some interesting ethical dilemmas that we uh, we've kind of tabled tonight. So it uh, hopefully gets people thinking and kind of gets your brain going as far as what you do, how you might react, and 
just get you thinking. I think is really the whole point of this episode. Yep. And I, th- I think it's really important, no matter what, no matter what it is that you do, that you keep accurate records so that afterwards you can make amends. Yep. Yeah. That's a very good way of looking at it. Yeah. I also feel like we're going to have to revisit this episode uh, in a couple of months time with the hard examples, because I think we all agreed way too much on these. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we're gonna have to like, well, we'll put our heads together and come up with some harder ones, you know, some some more detailed scenarios or something. We know you guys are out there. Feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. Bring yep. us your worst. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give us your worst. Well, with that, uh, shall we move into the podcast challenge? Give some serious thought to how you would react to certain situations. Maybe now it's time to make your expectations or answers known to your loved ones, your neighbors, etc. Um, I think the neighbors are probably the most important part because you know the people that live nearby, like the, the people that live, like your family and friends. Uh, I would assume they're already included in your plans, uh, as Scott has mentioned. Um, but your neighbors are probably the most important one. I'm really hoping that if things go really, really awry in my, you know, my little hamlet. Uh, I, I expect that we would all band together. I kind of saw that when we had our power here a few weeks ago. Uh, so I would, I am, I'm, uh, I'm assuming that that's going to happen a little bit more regularly or a little bit more on a little bit wider scale should, should the worst happen, but um, it's a great time to talk about it. So we'll, uh, that's, that's something that I'm going to have to give some, put some effort into as well. And getting to know your neighbors is such an important prep. Yep. Best security you can't pay for. That's true. So I made, you know, Pierre's inspiring. What can I say? I had to, had to go and do it. <laughs> oh, geez. All right. Upcoming events. We've got the annual Preppers Meet coming up in Desborough, Ontario, July 7th to 10th. Uh, the link there is in the show notes. I hear that, uh, Eric, you may be putting on a course. Uh, yes. I'm scheduled for uh, some point Friday afternoon to uh, do a little, I know this is going to be shocking, ham radio talk. So I know. <gasps> Come on. Say it isn't so. I know. I'm going to have to shake the cobwebs out after this last month and not doing any ham radio stuff to be able to present. But uh, yeah, I'm going to bring some play toys out and uh, just talk about some basic uh, communications and uh, nerd out on radios with anybody that wants to. I was just really hoping to go for this year and I just recently learned that I'm not going to be able to go there. Nah. That kind of sucks. Well, I was really hoping to, next year. Really hoping to shake your hand there. Well, Just remember, it's next pr- year. It's pronounced blue fang, right? <laughs> and no, no sad hams allowed. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, he's awesome. Anyway, uh, <laughs> also got TACOM 2022, September 9th to 11th in the SOG, so to speak, uh, mm-hmm. International Center, Mississauga. Uh, I guess basically a trade show for. Guns, gunnies, and preppers. Um, yeah, tacomcanada.com and check it out. Yep. Maybe it'll actually happen this time. Maybe. Yeah, that would be nice. We were we were so close. What was that two years ago? Yeah, we're yeah, gonna have a that, podcaster yeah. podcaster booth and everything, and then just all yep. fell apart. So it did. Yeah. Oh well, we've got a weather blurb from Jeff. Sure. So uh, the storm prediction that I mentioned last week uh, on the show that was going to show up in Ontario Wednesday, Thursday, uh, did show up on Thursday. Uh, Thankfully, it was not as severe as first predicted. Uh, There was damage reported in the Belleville, Napanee, and Kingston area, 
but Ottawa, which they said was kind of going to be the bullseye, uh, they came away relatively unscathed. Uh, coming up for this week um, is uh, more heat. Uh, they're calling it the heat dome in the States. Uh, they're expecting records to be broken all over the uh, south central United States, possibly even into Canada. Uh, well, we presently have a heat warning right now that's been issued for extreme southern Ontario. I expect that it will be expanded over the next couple of days. This is supposed to be a, a couple day event. Um, I've heard nothing yet about any uh, long-term calls for severe storms for Ontario. Uh, Manitoba got a few good storms today. They had a couple of tornado watches out, but no warnings and no reports of any uh, serious damage or injury. Right. I want to be a weatherman. I really do. You'd be wrong like 60% of the time and you say, well, I only, I only said it was an 80% chance of this being a thing. Mm-hmm. And, really, and you're they, still considered good at that point, right? They should really just put a window in the newsroom. Would make it way easier. The weather Sunny, rock. It's raining. Yeah. The, yeah. The, yep. Yep. The, the rock's rock wet. It's raining. Yeah. <laughs> Swinging rockets, Wendy. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. yeah if the rock is gone. Worry. If it's white, it's snowed. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about uh, deal of the week? Is it on weather rocks by chance? It is not. Uh, <laughs> no. Dar- uh, Darius pointed out that the Spark Two Red Dot is still on sale, uh, which is one third off. Regular two hundred bucks or three hundred bucks. It's on for two hundred bucks. Cabela's.ca with the link in the show notes. And yeah, guaranteed for life. Good uh, 2MOA red dot. I love it. Use it. And yeah, positive reviews for sure. Awesome. All right. Shout outs. I think I'm the only guy. Uh, I got one for uh, listener Luke, who met up with me last week. Pleasure to meet you. And I uh, hope to see you again. Awesome. Hey, right. uh, email and iTunes reviews. Uh, we got an e- we got an email from Bo, and it says, "Hello, CPP panel." CPPP? No, let's not do that. No. Uh, <laughs> first, a <laughs> shout out to you folks for providing inf- informative, entertaining, and balanced Canadian content. You, your open mindset to learning and sharing what you know is an excellent example to all. Thank you for the time you spend on doing this, and that, by the way, is why we read this out loud. Thank you, Bo. We really appreciate the kind words. Yep. Now he says, he, I, "Now Bo goes on to say, I had a few topics." suggestions or questions one is aquaponics i've tried to read more about growing edible plants supplied by fish waste under without uh, fish waste water without soil or clay balls as a medium Uh, from a small fish tank supporting herbs to a multi-tote reservoir stocked with tilapia or trout supporting vegetables in a conditioned space what are your thoughts what are the most efficient closed loop uh, aquaponics systems for a family uh, the short answer is uh, I love this idea. I don't know anything about it, and we discussed it before the show. None of us knows anything about it. So if you are any kind of expert in aquaponics, send us a note, email email to feedback at prepperpodcast.ca or hit us up in the Discord chat, uh, and we would love to we would love to have you on um, and, and and have a discussion on aquaponics. So if you know somebody, then let's uh, let's talk let's talk that out. Uh, his next his next suggestion was permaculture. Uh, he says, I don't have the ability yet, but a guy can dream. Do you have any plant guild suggestions that you can use to start a small food forest? I'd love to have a food producing tree layer, shrub layer, and ground cover layer, uh, but I'm having trouble figuring out what plays nice together and will survive Canadian winters. Again, great idea. Something we haven't covered because we don't know anything about it. Um, so if you're a permaculture expert, send us an email at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. We'd love to have you on and talk about this. Funny enough, 
the guy that I was talking to that may be joining my mag is somewhat of a arborist, herbalist, and uh, I guess all around edible food guy. That uh, this may be a question that I can pose to him and edible see if he's food willing is my to come type. on here. Yes, the edible food is preferred. Yes, is, is yeah. <laughs> but no. In, in all seriousness, that might that might very well be a uh, be a viable option. So, um, if uh, if you are that person, or if you think that you might be that person, uh, I've now delegated this to Brad because I've just given myself the power to delegate things. And <laughs> <laughs> look up look up Brad's uh, email in the show notes, and we'll uh, you can send that to him, and we'll find a time to get on uh, get you on the show. Uh, and then Bo's last. Um, last question or, or statement here is about firearms. Uh, he says, I've recently found out about copper bullets. I'm late to the party, I'm sure, but are they a viable alternative to soft point lead ammunition for hunting deer? Are such things even available in Canada? I'll be using 762 by 39 for the first time, but well within 100 yards. I'm certain you can guess what rifle I'm using. <coughs> <Excuse me. clears throat> uh, but what I can say, and but what can I say? It was affordable. Uh, I always look forward to hearing you on my daily drives via Spotify, on all my drives via Spotify. Looking forward to the next episode. All the best to you and yours, Bo. Bo, thank you for such a great email with so many questions. Um, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, Ian, Jeff, Eric, do you guys have a comment on the, the yep. copper versus soft point? Yeah, so copper is basically a lead alternative for places like California where you're not allowed to use lead bullets indoors and everything else. And so much like tungsten or anything else, it's just one of those other projectiles that you can use that, that's not toxic. However, um, it's non-partitioning. So for hunting deer, you actually have to have par partitioning projectile, which means it has to be either like a copper-coated piece of lead that will actually like spread apart, a hollow point or something like that. So copper are generally one piece, and they do not partition well, if at all. Uh, they're not meant to so they're expensive they're hard to find and they don't partition so for hunting that's a big fat no um i would just stick either with soft point lead although that's going to mess up the rifling on the sks which is already a bugger to clean between the corrosive ammunition and everything else very hard to find reloading components for the sks however not impossible privy partisan does partitioning bullets for that as well at about a buck a pop which is not cheap but you get to keep the brass which is good so keep your brass all the time um 100 yards is fine. It's well within the, the capability of the SKS. Not the ideal hunting rifle, but it is a rifle that you have in your hands, which makes it perfectly acceptable for our purposes. Um, I would say just go ahead and buy the factory-made partitioning rounds from either Privy Partisan, Barnall, or something like that, and just use those and call it a day. Because for the amount of times you're actually going to use hunting ammunition versus the surplus, it's just not worth doing it yourself. But you can definitely sell the brass and make some of your ammo costs back. There That's we go. It. There you go. Yeah. Copper, yeah. not for not for hunting deer. Generally, no. There we go. Perfect. And that, that's the only email that uh, was on my list to read. Well, there we go. That's the only email in all the show notes. So uh, with that, I will bring episode number 166 of the Canadian Prepper Podcast to an end. Now, you can find the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or, of course, your favorite podcast app. Please help us out. Take a second, submit a review. It does help other people find us. And we do record these shows live on Facebook and YouTube. If you want an early peek at the show, or if you want to be part of the show and send us fantastic little notes like Pierre did tonight, uh, you can uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, Canadian Prepper Podcast, and click the notifications tab. That gives you an alert when we're going live. If you want to reach me, you can get me at Alan 
at, that's with one L at prepperpodcast.ca. And if you want to reach me, you can just uh, fire off a message to feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. We know that Justin be hanging out at Eric's house, so I, I might just, get it to Jeff. I might. It just make sense. Yeah. We'll see. If he lets it pass the fence. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you want to reach Scott, hopefully you already know where the bug out location is and have an invitation. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait a minute. We didn't get an invite. That was cold. Yeah. <laughs> He's already figured out his ethics. That's what you want. I, 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 th I think we. I think Scott just made some very tough decisions right there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, Brad can be reached at uh, batbradcpp at gmail .com. You can also you can also send him uh, a note there if you are a permaculture expert. Yeah. Please, yes, yes. Uh, you can reach Ian directly by emailing me at the at gmail.com. and you can also find me Canadian Patriot Podcast, which is on iTunes and YouTube, recording Monday evenings back to nine p.m. Eastern. 830 did not work out well for anybody, I don't think. Um, also, the Discord chat for both CPPs. Email us if you want an invite. We'd love to have you on there. I think it's about 200 people per channel. Um, there you can find us discussing why government waste in society has been practicing saying no in the mirror. Do you do that it with a rolled well. up newspaper and boop yourself on the nose? Yeah, I'm good <laughs> enough. I'm smart enough. And gosh darn it, people like me. <laughs> No. Uh, no. Check out Rapid no. Survival. RapidSurvival.com. You can get me there on the live chat. You can also email me at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. Uh, thanks for joining us this evening. Till next time, be prepared, stay safe, and keep learning. Mm -hmm.